This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide story that affects you. I'm Shana Roth, and I'm here today with a very familiar voice, my old co-host, and now leading the podcast team at Automotive News, Jake Neer. Jake, welcome back! Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be back, Shana. This is wonderful, although weird sitting at the other side of this uh, equation here, but we'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Now I get to ask you all the questions. Dun, dun, dun. Let's get right into it. The Inflation Reduction Act was recently signed into law by President Joe Biden after much angst, debate, drama. It aims to lower prescription drug prices and healthcare costs and tackle climate change. This act is being touted by the White House as, quote, the most aggressive action on tackling the climate crisis in American history. Jake, you are now in the automotive world. What does this act mean for the automotive industry, especially in Michigan? Well, it means that those of us who are either in or around the industry have been scrambling like crazy to figure out what it means for the auto industry. Um, In in all seriousness, uh, the morning that President Biden signed this bill into law, our reporters at Automotive News were calling around to everything from C-suite executives, suppliers, dealers, everyone. uh, And the answers were all pretty similar. It was I got nothing for you because we're still trying to figure this all out. But really, the biggest news is about EV tax credits. Uh, before the bill, when you bought an EV, federal government would give you 7500 bucks back on your taxes to make those cars more affordable. Except that there was this little thing that automakers who sold a certain number of EVs, their models and customers no longer qualified after a certain amount. So we had General Motors. Tesla and more recently Toyota, they had all hit that cap. So they and even several other um, automakers were lobbying Washington to raise that cap or just get rid of it. And uh, instead of the sort of that simple solution, what we ended up with was sort of a tangled mess of compromise to get Senator Joe Manchin to do a 180 on these EV tax credits that he previously didn't support. So um, all kinds of stipulations now about how much of a vehicle must be made in America. um, And a lot of of some of the most popular EVs will actually no longer qualify for tax credits immediately. If they're not assembled in America, they just no longer qualify. So it's a real mixed bag for which cars are going to be eligible. But the Detroit automakers, GM, Ford, uh, they are in good position because of that. In fact, it sort of tilts the market in their favor. So this is something that Michiganders, at least right now, as far as we know, should be pretty excited about. Especially if you're you're in the business of selling EVs for one of those automakers. Yeah, I would say that that is such huge news for what we're going to see going forward. Again, GM, Ford, it looks like are probably big winners in that. And Michigan being the home of the auto industry uh, in America, uh, it's a big win. So it sounds like one of the big things here is going to be electric vehicles. How is Michigan situated for improving Uh, affordability and use of electric vehicles throughout the state. And is this something that we are going to see as a popular trend going forward, you think? 
I think that Michigan is probably well situated just in our proximity to the OEMs like GM and Ford and Stellantis. I think that uh, that does uh, open up a lot of, for one thing, just lobbying power over state uh, politics here in Michigan. You know, we depend so much on the auto industry in Michigan. Uh, you know, it is our marquee industry here. Uh, so, you know, you saw just this week how much politicking goes on, goes on with, you know, an announcement like Ford saying it's going to lay off 3,000 jobs. So when it comes to making sure that we're going to continue to manufacture EVs and other vehicles here in Michigan, uh, I think that that, is, um, that that does make Michigan uh, very, very competitive. Now, uh, on the other hand, there are new areas of the country that are getting more battery plants, more assembly plants down in the southeast part of the, of the country. Uh, so while we are seeing expansion of the industry in some ways here in Michigan and uh, some new facilities, they're also popping up in other places too. Um, I think one of the big things to look at for uh, some of the new federal regulations, especially around supply chains, is that uh, Canada is going to be a big winner in all that, that, that because automakers are going to have to assemble their stuff in North America, uh, Canada and Mexico are going to be two places where that's going to be happening a lot more. Uh, and Michigan, of course, big uh, industry here is also trade with Canada. So that that will also be sort of a uh, secondary effect of all this. Biden has surprisingly had his pen out quite a lot lately to sign bills into <laughs> law. I mean, given the gridlock that has been going on in Washington, D.C., this has been a really great time for him and for Republicans and Democrats alike coming together and getting some things done. Earlier this month, he also signed the Creating Helpful Incentives to Produce Semiconductors Act, or the CHIPS Act, because that is quite a mouthful. This one is aimed specifically at the semiconductor industry, and it provides loans, loan guarantees, and new investment tax credits for certain investments in semiconductor and manufacturing facilities. Jake, first thing, what's a semiconductor <laughs> for us non-gearheads? And can you break down what all of this means for Michigan? They're everywhere, Shayna. They're in all of that technology you have sitting in front of you right now. They're in your car. Uh, they're in your washing machine, in your refrigerator. Essentially, everything that we have that is electrified these days, maybe not everything, but most of, a lot of the things have semiconductors in it, and cars have a ton. They're essentially microchips that make the computerization of everything in your car work. And there, as, as many people know, there's been a huge uh, supply chain disruption in this. In fact, a, a shortage beyond belief. Uh, I've heard many, many times in the last few months on this beat that it is the biggest problem in the auto industry today is finding enough semiconductors to sell cars. I mean, uh, when you're talking about supply chain problems, that's number one. So this act is certainly uh, a big investment in that. It's looking to a lot of ways that we can be uh, you know, making those chips here in America closer to those final assembly plants. Uh, you know, right now we are getting a lot of these chips from overseas. And as we've seen uh, with, you know, all kinds of 
world disruptions from the pandemic to the Russian invasion of Ukraine to just just everything else. It is disrupting those supply chains. And so we're seeing sort of a, a reversal of, of globalization in some ways. Now the solution is let's try to make as much as we can right here in the United States. And that is sort of a thread both with the CHIPS Act and the Inflation Reduction Act. Jake, it's so great to have you back on the show. We have missed you. But you have not been on vacation and just whiling away at the beach. You've been very busy over at Automotive News. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been working on? Let me play that one for my boss to make sure that he knows. I've been working hard. <laughs> Waking up, working hard. Uh, it, it's been wonderful. I mean, it, this is the most exciting time for the auto industry uh, in, in you know, decades and decades and decades. I mean, obviously, there have been some dark, dark spots like GM and uh, others going bankrupt in uh, 2008, 2009. But really, this is the transformation of the industry. I mean, you're seeing a lot of, uh, of the executives that we've talked to say, we're essentially two different industries right now. There's the original... Uh, you know, internal combustion engine industry and the emerging EV industry. I mean, Ford has essentially broken into two companies to do that. So it's been really exciting. There's so many really interesting stories happening right now. Uh, and we are talking about it every day on the podcast that we do at Automotive News. Uh, Auto, you know, Daily Drive is our uh, sort of flagship podcast that we do every single day. If you're interested in the automotive industry, you can always check that out. That's hosted by our executive editor, Jamie Butters, and Kellen Walker. You know, we're talking about this stuff all the time. It's it's really exciting stuff. I am not a car person. I don't know cars. I know I put the gas in the thing, and I push the pedal, and I make it go after I turn it on, obviously. Uh, that's, that's kind of the extent of it. But if I want to learn more about cars or be abreast of the automotive industry, what are some stories that I should be following? What's What's happening right now that people need to be aware of? Oh, there's so much. I mean, the, obviously... Policy-wise, I think there's a few people in our in the mishmash audience that uh, are interested in policy and politics. Absolutely, I think that, those are our yeah, people, <laughs> right? I think that the uh, the things we talked about already today, the Chips Act, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, I mean, are just you know, I talked to someone uh, just this week who des described it as market tilting in scale. I mean, it's just it's huge. There, you can't even quantify how big that is for the industry. I mean, I think that, uh, again, electrification, EVs are everything right now. I think um, supply chain issues are huge. So, um, you know, those are the, those are sort of the biggest through lines. I think one of the big questions that we all have going forward is with these sort of uh, changes in the market, how long are these supply chain issues going to last? Because that is going to determine so much about um, you know, uh, how much cars cost for the average family, how quickly we're going to be able to adopt EVs on a widespread scale. So keep an eye on those uh, semiconductor chips, Shana. It's, it might sound wonky on the surface, but it is, uh, it, it is again, such a huge problem. Uh, and we're not close to the end of it. You know, we might be one or two years out based on some of the, the uh, more pessimistic predictions. You may make a gearhead out of me yet. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> You've covered politics in one way or another for, what was it, almost 10 years? Was that about no, it? Yeah. Yeah. And now you're out of it. What has it been like to see what's going on in the state as just like a like a person, like a citizen? 
Oh, as soul crushing as ever, Shayna. Um, but <laughs> but seriously, it's uh, it's been it's been really interesting. Obviously, this is a huge year, election year. Uh, the GOP gubernatorial race and all the statewide races, uh, the primaries have been insane. Uh, someone on Twitter called them bookworthy. I agree with that. <laughs> I think that it's just like. You know, uh, the the you couldn't make this stuff up with gubernatorial candidates being thrown off the ballot uh, with, uh, you know, people being, you know, people who uh, didn't win the gubernatorial race saying they're going to run for lieutenant governor at the convention uh, and then uh, backing out at the last minute. I mean, it's just it's it's Shakespearean almost uh, in, in maybe the, the weirdest possible way. Uh, so it's been uh perversely entertaining but also uh you know just really really interesting to watch it all unfold and i think that this is going to be a really eye-opening year when it, especially when it comes to the future of the republican party uh where does it go from here uh it seems like there's so much infighting so much uh backbiting uh, uh just i don't know I, I don't even know what to say, Shana. It's it's just crazy. And that's my week. I don't know what to say. This is just crazy. That that's really sums up very well every week in Michigan politics. Every time I'm going to prep the show, I'm like, what madness happened this week? Oh, there's like eight different things. Let's let's find one or two to talk about. I remember that feeling. Right. What are the stories that you've been following closely? I know we mentioned a whole bunch of them, but are there any ones that you are just so riveted by and just can't look away from? Politics and otherwise. Well, let me let me try to do the Venn diagram between politics and, and automotive here really quick. Something that caught my eye recently was, again, as I mentioned, Ford recently laid off 3,000 people globally, or they announced those layoffs. And... That is huge news, but we also saw that coming for a while now. I mean, Ford's been pretty transparent about this. You've seen Tudor Dixon, the Republican nominee for governor in Michigan, say, you know, try to pin this on Governor Whitmer. And and so has the state GOP spokesman and, and other people. And if you don't mind me being tough but fair... It's really disingenuous and really, really just misleading uh, that, you know, the the reason that Ford is laying off 3000 people is because they need to boost profits to fund their huge push into electric vehicles and get into that market. I mean, that there's no secret as to why they're doing that. Uh, and so to say these are Gretchen Whitmer's policies that are causing that, uh, it's just it, it makes no sense. I mean, show me which policy it is that that would would would, would lead to that. Um, and and at the same time, also, um, you're you can't have it both ways where you say that and then also uh, try to you know downplay what she, the the credit that Whitmer's trying to take whenever one of these companies opens a battery. Uh, you know, plant or a new um, assembly plant in Michigan, uh, which state politics or state uh, policy probably is one of like a million factors in those things. So, you know, you can't you can't say that you can't give her credit in one place and not give her credit in another place. Uh, really, no single politician is making these decisions or or making policy changes that 100% lead to any of these things. And I think that is a really important thing to, to watch, especially in Michigan in this election. Jake, it's been so good having you back. Please make sure you come back again soon. Oh, anytime, Shana. Absolutely anytime. 
got it, man. 